Today's episode of the Vipo Bodega is brought to you by Apex Apparel. Apex Apparel is your one-stop shop for all your company's needs, from branding, screen printing, and embroidery, to promotional products, marketing, websites, and events. We look to be more of a partner than a provider and grow together to achieve your goals. Design, brand, market your way. Apex Apparel. Contact them today at 865-454-8765. Again, that's Apex Apparel. And welcome to today's episode of the Bee Bodega. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing tonight? I'd like to welcome to the stage the lyrically acclaimed. I like this young man because when he came out, he came out with the phrase. He went from ashy to classy. I like that. So everybody in the house, give a warm round of applause for the notorious. B-I-T, the notorious B-I-T, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for him, y'all. All right, you guys ready to spread love the Brooklyn way? Baby, baby. <laughs> uh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't know, I don't know what to do. <laughs> that was a biggie sound. Though. <laughs> How you guys oh, doing? Boy. Fantastic, man! New week, new day. I'm doing great. I, I can't, I can't back up the, the same voice I did last week. My voice is back, at least. <laughs> yeah, no, good to have you back. Good to have you back. Welcome back. All right, so we're doing Biggie, huh? Yes, sir. All right, so and, and Gilbert's favorite rapper? Oh no, no, that's Jay Z. Yeah, but I, 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 I did a post after watching the documentary. I was like, to, I, I said that, that everybody knows that I'm a huge Jay Z stand, but Biggie's always going to be the king for me. So. They did refer to him as the king of New York. They he did. is, man. In the in the in the documentary, and I'm and I'm glad I watched it because there was a lot of stuff that I I I guess I kind of didn't know, and and a lot of cool things. Like I was surprised by a few few things, especially how young he was. Yeah. I did not realize he was only yeah. 24 when he was he was uh, shot. So I don't want to take because I'm sure we're gonna draw. But Spoiler can I alert. before we start? Can I tell you guys about the crazy ass dream that I had the other day? Before you start, could you fix your mic? Yeah, What's wrong with it? A little bit. It's, it's humming. humming. Is that better? That's yep. much better. Yeah. All right. So, so the other night I had a dream that all of a sudden it was it was the rapture, and people just started floating up into the sky and they burst into this golden orb. Right. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's crazy, man. It's finally happening. Like, I even heard the horns, right? The the, the, <laughs> the, the four horsemen came, the horns are blasting. And all of a sudden, Ron Anderson. Ted, no, no. Ted and Ted, Ted Danson starts walking towards me. I'm in like this like <laughs> lake. It's kind of like, you know, that that lake in Austin that it's sort of like a pool. Is it yeah. called the Austin pool or whatever? So I'm in there. I'm about waist deep. And Ted Danson's walking towards me and he just, he stands next to me and he starts crying. And I'm like, Ted Danson, what's wrong? He's like, well, I'm looking at all these people ascend and I'm still down here. And I'm like, Ted Danson, you've got nothing to worry about. You gave us three men and a little baby. You gave us cheers. Like you're gonna be okay, right? So all these people started gathering around us and like kind of like praising him. Next thing I know, he's on water. I'm like, look, Ted Danson, you're already ascending. Like, you're standing on water, dude. We're still here waist deep. 
And all of a sudden, Ted Danson, begin, Ted Danson begins to float. And I'm seeing it's happening, Ted Danson. You're a good guy. But, <laughs> <laughs> right? And everybody's all happy, right? So then all of a sudden, I realize, like, oh, fuck. You're stuck. Nothing's happening to me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's great. Ted Danson is floating. He's going to make it. And I'm here just like, wait. Oh my God, I'm not going anywhere. I am stuck down here. Fuck so, you, Ted Danson. Yeah, man. So it's like, you know what I took from that dream? I need to pay more attention to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and not so much to Ted Danson. And this was a uh, beautiful Ted Danson. What was his name? Sam from Cheers? The bartender. Yeah, yeah. Sam, Ted Sam Danson. Malone. It was like, damn, man. So yeah, I just wanted to share that with the world because it confused the shit out of me. That's amazing. In, the, in his defense, you never made cheers, so. I did, or three men and a little lady. Yeah, but, yeah. but you know you know what the fucked up part is? Like, Eric Eric had to motivate him and make him feel good about himself. You thought he would have said, hey, come with me. Or God would have said, you know what? Well, you know, he was worried and you stood, you stood by him. Listen, and, and they just I'm not a religious man, but for I, I think if anybody's going to send is somebody who has self-worth. And and wouldn't doubt themselves, right? That's right. That they've been, they've lived a good life, but Ted Danson had doubts. I, I don't think, he, yeah, I, I, he I, had doubts. Yeah. Didn't he play God in that in that show? There was a show that he didn't know. He was no, actually no. A, de- a demon. He, a demon. Oh, yeah. he was a demon. Yeah. Okay. It, totally I saw opposite. the first season. It was a great show. He was good on it too. Yeah. It had uh, Kristen Bell and a yeah. few other. People. Yeah, it took it, it really took good. a it took a dive after the first season. Oh really? I didn't. I never finished it off. I never. Oh, you're, you're okay. But uh, right. well, so I'm, sorry to throw you off there, man. I, I guess if, if we had a, a a dream analyst here, we would have been all right. But no, you know what, man? Whatever. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm, and, I'm, I'm glad Ted Danson left you behind because and there's not, nothing in there for dreams of Ted Danson. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into uh, the episode. Eric, thank you for sharing something so deep with us. I oh, had beautiful. to let it out. It's been on my mind for a while, man. Uh, it'll be on your mind even longer. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right. So uh, this week marks uh, an unfortunate event in hip hop. It's uh, it'll be the anniversary of uh, the passing of Biggie, the notorious B.I.G., Mr. Christopher Wallace, also MC Quest, which you learned <laughs> in the in the documentary that he <laughs> that he formerly went by. But uh, now, so yeah. is that a big guy thing? Or is it a musical knowledge thing? Are These guys that give themselves Quest in their name. I, Quest Love is the only other big guy <laughs> that I could imagine. But uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I, it's this is this is going to get into debate. Probably if, before we started, you know, Gilbert was mentioning that you know he considers him the goat, right, Gilbert? Is yep. That, is that the correct assessment? Yep. Yep. I there's a few things I think about Biggie. Was he was he influential? Absolutely. Is he an amazing storyteller? Yes, I think maybe right up there with Slick Rick. I don't. Guys, I, you're not seeing this, but I'm really seeing Gilbert get in a defensive pose I right know, now. I, I see it. I see I, it I, and I'm getting extremely nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the goat, I, I wouldn't call. It, there, there's not enough body of work there. Now again. He's influential, great lyricist. One of the greats, yes. Of the greatest, I, I I would debate that. 
But did the guy did the guy cement his legacy in hip hop? No doubt. But right. and this, and oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. I was just gonna give my perspective coming in with like not I don't have the base that you guys do, and my perspective was always that I guess he was nothing without Tupac. You know, I, I always saw that too. No, no, hold on. Just hear me out. Like, because he, I didn't see the cultural icon that he was. I didn't realize that he was the guy that kind of put New York back on the map. And and this is just based on this documentary. But again, I could I could write a documentary where I put Miami on the map, right? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't did. I didn't see that. And I always thought there was two things that made Biggie as big as he was. And one was the feud with Tupac and the way it ended. And two was that Puffy was a hell of a campaign dude. And the way he marketed him. Because I actually got more familiar with Biggie after his death. You know, with the every breath you take. And like that just blew up. You know, it it was almost like Nirvana where it was bigger after the death. You know what I'm saying? Wow. (laughs) Gilbert, you're going to be okay? (laughs) <laughs> no no not taking away from the, the, you know, Nirvana, off the, but, off, off the rails yeah, man, so, so so watching it and then seeing that like oh shit this guy was the guy that put new york like he was there before wu-tang and and anybody uh, no, else like no no he wasn't oh not before wu-tang oh really no no and that, and just so you know that the year that that album came out you got to realize Nas's album came out that uh, that year alone a lot of big rappers came out. Okay. What he definitely put Brooklyn on the map. What well also Craig Mack's album came out that year too, by the way. I know how you're gonna get <laughs> about that. I'm not look, I'm not not taking anything away from Biggie. I my defense is there's not enough body of work. Which like I, I guess to so you know, kind of to put it in a perspective that Eric hears all the time, it's like when, when when fighters are discussed, you know, like they they're quick to make somebody a goat, but you have to look at their overall body of work. There's again, there's a million things that Biggie is. Was he a great lyricist? Yes. Was he one of the best storytellers of all time? Absolutely. But I, Eric, definitely hit something on the head with. He did have an an amazing campaign manager, you know, and. The cool thing about Biggie is he didn't sound like anybody else. You know, he, like, you know, Gilbert and I had talked about it earlier when that one piece in the documentary where the the, the drummer's playing jazz. That was and he, great. And, and then you could kind of see how, how his cadence was similar to that more than it is to, you know, like what you typically hear from rappers. But... Gilbert, I, I can, either, yeah, can we have, let, we gotta hear we gotta hear yeah. Gilbert out, man. He's just holding his tongue here. Like, I'm, I'm a fucking tea kettle at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna start fucking whistling. And, and, and it's not, no, it's nobody's not, insulting. This isn't like this isn't coming out of a negative place. It's coming from my ignorance. Like I didn't know, you know, I wasn't as big into Biggie as, and and it's funny as 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 it played out. I was like, oh, I know way more songs than I thought I did of of Biggie. Mm-hmm. So. Please go on, Gilbert. Okay, so I think I mean obviously you know you know we lost him tragically and and to to Carlos' point, Wu Tang was came out in '92, Biggie came out in '94. Um, so essentially, that early Nas first album, Wu Tang, that was what really kind of brought New York back. 
But if you still think about it, the landscape of hip overall hip hop, it was still Snoop and Dre. The West Coast was still dominating all that at, stuff. At that time, know? yeah, absolutely. It was still even even when Nas was out with Illmatic, and even when Wu Tang was out um, with Thirty Six Chambers, it was still all dominated West Coast. Whether it was Snoop and Dre, you know their whole camp, um, but you had like you know guys like MC Eight and all this other stuff like that. It was really more West Coast centric. Gangsta, gangsta rap took off for sure. You know, um, you had but movies then, out that 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 helped inspire those. You know, boys in the sales. hood, menace yeah. society. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, those um, those were huge parts in, in 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 making that West Coast sound that popular. Now, mind you, when when Big came out, it was he had like to your point, nobody had sounded like him before, right? And he had such anthems, but he had so you could tell with with when that when that album was being made, you could you could hear Biggie's early work because he had a little bit higher of a pitch tone. He rapped a lot more aggressive, yeah. and then you could see as as the time as the album started making him, you know, you could see Puffy's influence with Juicy, Big Papa. One more chance, and it was he's now you got this kind of like laid back flow, you know, um, you know, braggadocious kind of thing. But again, to your point, the storytelling, all that stuff. So, did he only have you know two albums plus you know the Junior Mafia album, album, and then he had some posthumous stuff, which you know there wasn't a lot of it. Um, but his work is so those and that just was so momentous that I think that puts him up there with everybody. I mean, I, I mean. I mean, if you want to say to me, like I said, I never said he was the GOAT. I said he was the king to me. Still my favorite, no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, if you have to talk about it, you probably put Jay-Z in GOAT status above him. Um, but uh, but as far as influence and bringing East Coast music back and and just re repping Brooklyn, period. You know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, Brooklyn's had great rappers before him. Big Daddy Kane being probably the, the, the most um, thing. But you got to think, think about this high school, just mm -hmm. real quick. I was the high school. Mention that, yeah, yeah. It was Jay, Biggie, and Busta Rhymes in school at the same time. And DMX went to no, the same DMX high school. Went to the same high school in Brooklyn. From, yeah. DMX is from ba Yonkers, he's so. from Yonkers, but he went to the same high school. They were all they all grew up together and went to the same high school. No, no, no. They they were they were at the same high school, but they didn't go to school together. Oh, okay, okay. Then you mean Busta what Rhymes they? Well, no, but they sold drugs there. No, no, but I think I think remember. Big, 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 I'm big, sorry, man, because that shit caught me off guard. All the drug selling, and it's like, yeah. I'm a biggie. You look like such a nice guy. Like, why remember, would you do drugs? And it was such a necessity back. Biggie then, dropped off, dropped off, in the, uh, dropped out in the tenth grade. So yeah. you know, uh, he wasn't there long. But yeah, they were all at at some time. I think because I think Biggie is a little bit. Um, I think younger than Buster Rhymes or something like that, but they were kind of all at the, at the same time. They were in the thing, you know. I think Biggie might have been a freshman and and Busta a junior or whatever it might have been. But yeah, they were all they were all around the same time. Um, so, um, but um, but yeah, to me, like I said, he's still the king to me. Um, still my favorite. Those albums are timeless. Um, you know, and, and you think about it, Life After Death was a double album too. So technically, it was he could it basically could have been three albums that he put out, but. Um, uh, I don't know, and there's something about it, and and man, I just uh, just watching the the thing, I got emotional thinking about it, and just like you said, 25 years old, man, and and, and uh, was he 24 when he passed away? Yeah. He hadn't he hadn't turned 25 yet. It's such a tragic loss, man, and and it was it was senseless, you know, like the Tupac thing, and you, man, but you got to think about, man, why? And I get it because you had to promote and you had to be out there, but what the hell was he doing in California when all this thing was still at the height? Like there was no need for him to be out there. Um, and I think he wanted to kind of be like, look, everything's cool, but 
you know, when you listen to that last radio show, he's just telling people like, get to know yeah. me yeah. before you judge me. Or like, I don't think he was there to, to posture or anything. No, no, at all. At all. I think at it all. was like, like, Hey man, I just want to live. I'm, I'm here to sell records. Like yep. I'm past that. Yeah. Yep. You and know, but- and what was cool was another part of the documentary where I got emotional was how it changed. And, and that's that, like, the way they did it in the documentary, I guess it's for thematic purposes, but it was that song about like we used to shit. Uh, I don't. What's the name of that song? We juicy. used to shit. Yeah. That's juicy, and how that style changed, and it was like that more relaxed feeling, mm-hmm. and it's like that load off my back. Like mm-hmm. I don't have that 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 background anymore. Like that's it. This right. is where my pure focus is gonna be, yeah. and it's gonna be on the music, not that negative career that I had before. Yeah, yeah that, that, that and, point when and, he's, he realized that he's, I'm gonna be a father, I'm gonna be a business. Yeah, man. man, and that shit got me so emotional. I'm just like, hey, that's beautiful. And, and <laughs> I just know a, it sounds yeah. fucked up, but it and was just like, a, fuck. just a touch on on the uh, on the LA thing now. Like, uh, just a, it's 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 known as one of the most like violent cities like where where these guys like you know uh recently pop smoke the the you know the uh, brooklyn drill rapper that that uh passed away at 20 well not passed away was murdered at 21 years old like la's a a a city where you have to kind of like what they call in like quote unquote check in like you can't just be roaming around with having some like ogs from like because you know the gang culture is so prominent there that that you know like there's people that that are like listen you're in the wrong neighborhood you need to have some like a pass to get in here mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and like for biggie to kind of just be f- freely you know walking yeah, around over the, there the you think it was seen like disrespectful yeah. you, like, way, people might have seen it like that especially yeah. especially at the climate at the of the time, time when, yeah. when Pac had yeah. just passed away six months before that like for you to kind of just like just be walking you know it's it wasn't it, it wasn't the smartest the, the smartest move and there should have yeah. been more and, and can we talk about how Pac got so gangster all of a sudden you know this guy was a art school kid yeah, you I know, mean, and 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 there's this one clip of him like just throwing up gang signs and anger, and you're just like, like how much of that was real, and how much of it, you know, how how much of that was really him? Well, I think I mean when you're when you're associated with with those guys, and I mean Death Row's known to you know the Pyro Bloods were were a part of that, and that that was their lifestyle. And I mean you you heard about the stories of of Suge Knight and and how that how they did business over there, and it was like you know, it's it's so I mean I'm sure you know you start just living that lifestyle and start thinking that you're part of it and yeah. and that's when you see you're all around you so um i don't know it's, it's tough but even if you if you think about it like you know when when there's when like um uh puffy would 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 hire when he would hire security to go to la there'd be crypt members yeah it, it wasn't like you go to to a, a, a firm or anything like no you go to the streets right. and you get the uh, you know south side crypts and, they, and, and they're they're your, your security while you're in, in in la you know what i mean so it's um, it's just a different a different mentality out there. So LA is is but that, it's that, tough. The, yeah, that was that was even the rules as a performer before you even go there, you got to send your a rep to go over there and say, hey, look, is this okay that these guys go? That I mean, that that's how it was. I mean, but I mean, look back. Yeah, we remember all those the club anthems that came out during that time in hip hop. But just before that, there. I mean. With gangster rap, really. right? It was huge. It was huge. I mean, so was he the guy? He was. He was actually the guy that pushed more towards that club rap I, I think style, it was, like I Puff think Daddy. It was, doing, I mean, Puffy's doing okay. Yeah, his, the way yeah, but it was, was a great sound. It was like Gonyo danceable. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah but if you, if you also saw, I mean, we, you talked about how, how Big was uh, would listen to R&B music. So he was already influenced. And it was records that he would listen to growing up as a kid. And then they sampled these records, and now he, you know, that's this, that's what he was using to, to, you know. How about the quote of, of of the documentary, guys? I can't go to sleep without listening to country western. I know it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh man. But uh, no, it, look, it was obviously, and and I, I know actually we all three of us talked to it, talked about this separately, but you know, clearly if if. If it's the family putting together a documentary, the narrative is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be, it's going to favor the artist and, you know, the guy has passed away. So it's, it's a lot of it's going to be favorable. Um, it, it's the reality is, and, and this hit me a lot when you see his last interview in LA, when you realize, oh my God, look at this guy's face. He's a baby. He's 24 years old. And, it, you know, look, if you're ever growing up in a bad neighborhood, it, it's people age much faster. Or, or they mature quicker because they got to survive. But you have those moments where you realize he's just a kid. Like when he starts talking about, you know, I kept my mom away from that or I wouldn't tell her that. And then, you know, part of it, I was telling Eric was how I felt she was naive because there's no way you did it. If, if you've ever been to those parts of Brooklyn, that's just that part of fucking Brooklyn. You know, it, it's, but it, it's, you know, even um, what was the jazz musician's name, Gilbert? Donald Harrison. Donald Harrison is you. He saw greatness in him. Everybody saw greatness in him. You know that they saw that there was a talent. When you know, especially when uh, you know when you start realizing, you know, uh, he does. The, he did that little freestyle battle on the on the sidewalk, right? It's the way he's putting the words together, and he, it's not wordplay like a typical freestyle rapper is he's telling a story but because of his his knowledge of music or the way he he captured music like his cadence was perfect for hip-hop it wasn't like a, it didn't sound like a battle rap it was just look this is what's going on this is what i'm telling you this is what i think of you which which made him extremely unique imagine you would have given that guy into his mid-30s when he had more life experiences and you know you know, a, a little bit more understanding of music and, and you know, even more production, you know, I, that he, I think he would have been the GOAT. I don't, I wouldn't put him up there. I mean, I wouldn't put him as the GOAT, but, um, and I, I know you just, you know, you didn't say he was the GOAT, but in a lot of lists you see him, he's either, you know, one or two or, but um, it, it made you, it made you realize, look, they're all there were a bunch of kids and they got involved into some stupid shit. Hey, and let me ask you the whole Junior Moffat thing when they they address it, that was like their crew, right? Like they all were drug dealers, not rappers, right? Were, That's how were, that all but they were friends. They were fr okay. Yeah. So was little Kim a, a drug dealer too? I, I think they they're, they're they they I think they've talked about how she was like and in essence, like a like a mule, I guess. Like she would pick up a package and, and go. Holy, so a, yeah, you know, so. I, I do appreciate that though. He was the type of guy to you know bring his friends with him. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, it was the crack game, but whatever. You know, like yeah. hey, he's like, hey, I got a good business. Let's do this. Let's try it out, man. I think we could make it work out. I think one of the great scenes is the bus ride that they're all together, and this is like pre-fame days, like and they're dying of heat inside. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's broke. like, yo, my, I'm I'm ride or die with my friends, you know. Yeah. So and and then 
he brought them up into the rap game, right? Because that other guy, Caesar, or is that, little, little is that his name? And and little Kim, like they became huge on their own. Yeah. So he did he did help them out. Yeah. You know, he yeah, you he, gotta, he looked out for his friends. And you gotta think and, about and it too. one of the things that they and I'm sorry, I'm not um is what he addresses is like single. I, I think it was one of his his buddies, Damian Butler, kind of said, Look, we we single moms. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when when you, you and only come child. from that only yeah. child, you you tend to bond more with your friends, mm-hmm. you know, and perfect and, example right here. And <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, yeah, right, I could relate to that. Yeah. And and it, and it's nice, like he always kept it. and even when he was big, like like he provided a better life for a lot of his friends too, you know, a safer life. Yeah. And then you think about like, you know, you talk about uh, um, Carlos's pro- pro- prolificity, right? Is that the, did I just say that right? Uh, did I just make up a word? I don't know. Anyway, but uh, uh, you know that he only had like like the, the two or three albums, but you gotta you gotta consider that he wrote most of the Junior Mafia album. He wrote most of the Little Kim album. He wrote a, a lot of the Puff, for them, yeah. A lot of the Puffy album. So, which you never you never really heard about Pac with that. Pac had all the all this music, but it was basically just his mm-hmm. alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, but Big Big had other aspirations. You know, he had become a, an exec towards the end of his career, become an executive. Yeah. He had opened um, a label with um, with Lanson Rivera, signed Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron was one of the first acts to sign, and and him and Charlie Baltimore. So he he Big. Big started his his clothing line, yeah. and this was like, uh, you know, I, I want to say it was before Sean John, might have been Big's the the Brooklyn Mint it was called. Right. Um, so he had this entrepreneurial spirit that was that was amazing and and forward thinking. Think of this kid's 20, 24 years old and you know probably twenty two when he started these ventures when it wasn't as popular to do right because it wasn't nobody was doing it nobody was doing it you know yeah. so um so you know he was he was. I think I think maybe if he if he would, didn't have all these other ventures, didn't try to put Little Kim on and Junior Mafia on, and and he could concentrate slow, solely on on recording his music. God knows what it what what it could have been in those yeah. in those few years, but um, but still, I mean, what and and another thing, man, this so when that song with Bo, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony came out, when he yeah. had that bounce flow, this was before the South blew up, so yeah. he was taking these these flows. And like in and and like you had never heard, especially an East Coast artist jump on, you know, because Outcast no. was already out, you know, Outcast was already out, and so was Goody Mom and stuff like that. Yeah. But but you never heard an East Coast guy jumping on on the on on like a down south beat kind of no. And no. he and and he killed it. Yeah, look, it, it, that's that's the that's the problem is all the what ifs. You know, that's yeah, what, that's, what, that's what sucks. Yeah, but you know, it was um, I I wanted to go back to something silly was. Going back to look, if going back to his mom being a little bit naive, did anybody fall for that dry mashed potato shit? (laughs) (laughs) I like when I heard that. Come on now, I I, I didn't fall for that. (laughs) I've never seen what crack looks like, so I don't know. I I know, and it has to be a lot, right? Like it has to be a lot to be dry mashed potatoes. <laughs> and yeah. was it on a plate? <laughs> yeah, that, that was the funny part. Yeah, he was. Uh, Is he it on to, a plate? He used to dry them out on a plate. He was, and then she thought it was dry mashed potatoes. That's I, some careless shit, man. I used yeah. to be worried about like leaving. I would, I would have 
crazy ass hiding places for porn magazines, right? This guy's just leaving crack on his windowsill. <laughs> so it could like, like a dry out. Iggy, you gotta think this through, brother. <laughs> you know, Monzo will search through everything, they'll find whatever. But but those are the those are the little moves that show you, oh my god, he was a kid. But well, but back back to your point, Gilbert, is there there's no denying you hear it throughout the documentary. You I've heard it before the documentary that he was extremely smart. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, the victim of circumstance of where, where he grew up. But, I mean, look, the, the guy was an enormous talent. And, you know, you have those rappers that are great storytellers, which, you know, and then you have some that, that are just real MCs, you know. And he, I, it's going to sound bad when I first say it, but uh, he wasn't a real MC. The guy was a, he, he had things that, you realize this kid is a musical prodigy because he understood music. You know, even when, you know, one, everybody knows jazz is probably the hardest form of music to understand. And he was learning from, from a, you know, a talented musician. And to, to take that and say, okay, that's going to be how I flow was impressive because he really doesn't sound like anybody. There's nobody, you know, you hear, a lot of rappers and, and the rhythm's kind of the same. You know, you could lay it, uh, you could lay twenty different beats and it's still kind of the same cadence. But the way he 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 played with the story was interesting. And I, you know, he like, was almost an instrument too. Like his, yeah. his voice was yeah. was the instrument, well, and, like kind of like a like an acapella, not acapella, but like a scat thing too. The way yeah, he like, rapped yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that, that's a perfect example. And like I said, there's there's only one other person that I put him at the same level as far as storytelling and, and how interesting it sounded, that would be Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, what I thought was cool too is that when he did a lot when, um, was where he would play the, the two characters, you yeah. know what I'm saying, in the same song, like in, 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 uh, in Give Me the Loot. And then yeah. you could, you know, he, he changes his inflection and his voice to, to make it the other character. And so he's having a conversation and talking about the story. Um, uh, same as warning, you know, where he's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's, he gets the phone and he's like talking, you know, like in, and, you know, mm-hmm. I always thought that that was cool. I mean, and, and there was times that, that, that Puffy had to kind of take tame him back because of how raw he would get with some of his lyrics. You know, he's like, there's that famous one that he would rob the, he, he's talking about robbing a pregnant lady and brought and you know, and, and taking her number one bomb pendant, you yeah. know, and like, you know, it's like very like, like, dark, uh, you know, the stories are like, yeah, yeah. Dark, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. even and and people and you think about it now, and especially now, and we talked about this about the you know mental health aspect and and what the 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 song "Suicidal Thoughts," how how "Ready to Die" mm-hmm. as a concept, you know how uh, you know as as a, the, the 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 name of the of the record of the album, and then at how it ends with him literally, you know, you hear him on the phone and and Puffy's trying and to Puffy's talk him down, screaming, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden all you hear is the gunshot and you hear the thump, you know what I mean, and like. Um, you know, it, it's, it was just, it was, it was just way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and he was just, yeah, his, as far as it, like, just a con- like he, he would, these songs all had concepts for the most part, you know what I mean? So I, he's, he and was they, just incredible. They, they were all stories. They were yeah, all yeah. well-written stories. Like even like, uh, you know, one of my favorite songs. So I got a story to tell. Yeah. It's a great And then he tells you a fucking story. And you I, to me, that's. That's the greatest storytelling song ever. Yeah. That one in Children's Story of uh, the Slick Rick one. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, 
you know, to listen to that song, and you know, you've heard me say that's one of my favorite Biggie songs for years, because I, I fucking love that. Song. It's you at first you don't listen to it like, like it's a hip hop song. Like I'm paying attention to the story. He's mm -hmm. telling me I have a story to tell. I'm gonna listen. Yeah. And then, but so so many of those stories, like even, um, like uh, what's the one with one twelve? Um, Only you? No, sky's the limit. Oh yeah, that's a great Dude, one. Yeah, Dude, his when he's telling you. Like, you know, this is, you know, they, the, the moment it starts off, he always felt like everybody, that he was always a loser, but he's going to beat it. Like, that's the first thing he says is, you know, you know, when this young man was coming up, they said he was, or, you know, the actually classy line. And then he goes into his song and him picture, him painting a picture of, you know, the success that he's building. Yeah. You know, that, that, that it's, like I said, it's Talk hard. About uh, sewing, sewing alligators on your shirt. Yeah, you want to see the inside? I'll see you later. Like, yeah. <laughs> dude, that's that's clever as fuck. Yeah, you know. But that and think about when you're a kid, when you're wearing a knockoff, and you know, yeah, man. like, oh shit, I don't want them to see this. You know, but yep. but no, man, the guys, the guys, the guys, definitely a talent. It's like that's why it's you can't call him a rapper. He's a storyteller. You know, like it, it's it's he's his own thing. He's his own dude. But. I think what was cool too, and he attracted a lot of people that wanted to help him too. Like there was, um, you know, his friend Ollie or Oli mm -hmm. that passed away. You had the, the jazz musician, the other guy, the later, the producer that they'd see him doing all this stuff. And hey, man, I need you to get away because they believed in his talent so much. And, you know, they saw something else. It was just a guy of uh, circumstance, right? Yeah, so. I, that, that was one thing I didn't know. I didn't know uh, Easy Moby's connection to Biggie was that that personal. Uh, I knew that he produced a bunch of stuff on Ready to Die, but I didn't know, um, I didn't know how personal he was as far as like to just, take him out of the block. And, yeah, you know, just take him away from everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, he part. he picked them all up. Yeah, yeah. He said like, get in my car, we're gonna drive. Yeah, but that was it, pretty it, cool. it's almost, you know, when when you have look as big as New York City is, in between those blocks, it's it's very small town minded for lack of a better way of saying it, where everybody knows everybody. Because think think about what it takes to get out of that part of Brooklyn. Where are you going to go? Manhattan? You're going to cross the bridge to go to, you know, you know, probably one of the, one of those most luxurious areas in the in, in the country. Oh, didn't they oh. mention too on that like that that some of those guys had never even left their block? No. But Gilbert, that that happens a lot. Like yeah. you know, it, it's like that in the Bronx, it's like that in pockets of Queens. Where they just grow up in those areas and that's it. In which in Wichete. In Wichete. No, not so much, but like <laughs> inner city, if you just drive through yeah, it, like course. the old town and stuff. Yeah, like you, you see, like it, it it almost feels like you're trapped in there. The way everything is, I don't know if it was just the way the the streets were designed at that time, but it gives you a sense of no way out, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So but but then what happens? Like going back to what Eric said about how how many people surrounded and 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 helped them out. It's like what you know what you see happening is look there's one of us that can make it out let, let, you know and they rallied around them and, and say hey let, let's build them up you know and then I, you clearly he realized that he didn't or you could realize that he didn't forget that and he goes no all of you are coming with me yeah you know, which, I, which i thought was pretty cool you know what you know what's cool about the about the documentary and it's i think it's been well documented is that about him being unsigned hype in the source and how influential the source was back then when, you know, now you can't even find magazines anymore. Yeah. But, but to me, like, I remember, to, you know, um, uh, just growing up loving hip hop, I, you know, I, I had 
subscriptions, monthly subscriptions to the source and double XL and all that stuff. Um, and just being a DJ and just loving music in general. But then I, I remember, I remember going, if I would go to this, the, the magazine or specs or whatever it was to get the source, right. If I didn't had, you know, the paid to finally as an adult, well, as I got older, I smartened up and had it delivered to the house, but before we're just running out, grabbing the source. And there was two things that would immediately open, right. Would be like, and on time time. Outside hype, and then what record got released, and see right. how many mics it got, and it was like that was the Bible, yeah. right? And and did it and, come uh, with the CD? No, no. Uh, wasn't no, there no. a magazine that would come with the uh, CD, like of C- new music? Yeah, see C- C- something, right? CMG. CMG? Oh, okay. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and then and then Biggie Biggie getting on on sign hype. Then um, Maddie C, who was the 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 guy that that ran the column, was there taking that over to Puffy, and and then Biggie getting signed off that um demo is is incredible and it's um you don't you don't see that anymore it's such a different uh landscape on on how you you know i, I remember I, I remember getting excited excited when pit when pipples got um unsigned hype you're like dude dude from miami there was a few different other ones. yeah man <laughs> but um but uh but yeah you don't you don't kind of get that that no that it, anymore it, no because you know? it, it, it's dude you got five mics automatic legend yeah you know like that. you got but you got both of them. Both of his albums were well, five mics. Well, one was post. What do you mean? It, did, it didn't get five mics in the beginning. It got four and a half. And then when they did the review, they... Life After Death? Was not five mics. No. Uh, uh, Ready to Die? Ready to Die wasn't... Well, that, let me see. One, one of them, they, it wasn't five mics in the beginning. Because oh. um, remember, they went back and looked at older albums and then made them five mics. But well, yeah, I, I remember well, famously, like uh, Outcast talked about about uh, you don't know, you don't know, Southern Playalistic, yeah, when yeah. when that only got four and a half mics, yeah. but, they, um, they said it in the song too, it was like, yeah, yeah, I need my other half a mic, but yeah, um, yeah, ready, ready to die was four and a half mics, oh, okay, and, and then and then they and they gave it to they gave it the, the, the thing, yeah. after. um, but um, but yeah, that's when 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 that when that mag- magazine mattered and it was just a different time. You know, uh, of how we consume music and everything around it, you know? I Maybe mean, that's what we got to do. We got to give now music like five bodegas. Yeah, we should, man. Five, five, like, now, five now or later. No, five. Five chico five, five six. Well, five we, quarter, we, we have our first song today, right? Five quarter waters. Five quarter waters. That, 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 uh, <laughs> that um, Gilbert suggested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll some, there, there was some, some, some music. Because I didn't pick a song this week. So do we have a, we have, we have a thing? What are we going to do with quarter rolls? What? Quarter waters. Quarter water. Quarter. What are quarter waters? The you don't remember barrel, the little the jugs? Juices, the, the little, little jugs. That no. the top is tin foil. And where the fuck did you guys grow up? Well, we had like Coke cans. And well, shit. Hey, no, so <laughs> no, 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 because when I moved down to Miami, yeah, it, it they, was, they people called it barrel juices. But in New York, you call them quarter water. Quarter. Were, oh, I never heard that. I, were, I know what you're talking about. The plastic case, yeah, like they, they look. They were twenty five okay. cents. They were twenty five yeah. cents. Quarter wow. waters, yeah. okay. but um, uh, it was it was funny. I was telling that so I, I was telling that story, <laughs> like when you're broke and you don't have fucking money for lunch, it that was the that was the trick. You'd collect, you know, you collect ten uh, seven cans, because you you know over there you could refund them for a nickel each. Then you'd get quarter water, a chico stick, and now later's, and that's all you needed was was thirty cents, thirty five. Just cents. one now and later, like one little square. <laughs> no, 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 no. They... It's, it's a little pack and it has uh, like two oh, the four okay yeah, the, gotcha yeah. is that I, it, did you guys call that the diabetes special is that what yeah bro <laughs> oh, yeah. 
the teeth the teeth must have been awful too man oh man jesus because it's not even like it's a chicle stick and now later those are the absolute worst candies what for you're talking about peanut butter you have, peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> you have fruit oh boy all the major food groups uh, and almost, hydration uh, hydration yeah that, those things are that i I'm, I can't imagine how gross those juices are now. Like Dude, the price have you food. tried Kool Aid recently? I haven't. Dude, I haven't had Kool Aid so, since I was a kid. It's so, not good. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 so, so we have some powdered Kool Aid and Emma wanted some today, and so I made it for her, and I tasted a little bit just to make sure it was like right. And I'm like, oh man, we used to drink this shit when I was a kid. Like, what it's pure sugar. Like it's pure it, sugar. You know, well, I used to think but, like but strawberry like, doesn't taste like strawberry. Grape doesn't. No, it just tastes like a shit ton of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then what do some people do? Put sugar on top of the Kool Aid. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know how that happens. Yeah. But um, but, but yeah, not as if, fun if, as it used to be, man. If you guys, yeah, if you guys get a chance, definitely watch that Biggie documentary. It's it's worth your yeah, time, it's, especially it's if good. you come in, you know you come from that from that era. Um, it was very nost- nostalgic, and like I said, I got emotional thinking about it, and I knew how it ended. It was like Titanic. <laughs> I already knew how it ended. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I still got emotional at the end. It still, it still got to me, man. Just seeing him because, dude, this guy was trying to just do his shit, man. And when he went there, there was no bad intentions. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it really struck me when he says, listen, it was a coincidence. Did I do that? No. You know, it, it, get to know me before you judge mm-hmm. me. And that's all he asked anybody to do. Yeah. And if you think, you know, and, 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 and even like, so like, just to, to touch on the beef a little bit, um, it was it, like the song Who Shot You, which mind you had terrible timing because it did come after, yeah. but it had been recorded like three or four months before mm-hmm. and it just happened to come out after. Like, and what was it that Tupac, they, they, he got, it was in, felt in that, New York? He felt that, that he was attacked. He felt that either Biggie was involved or he knew the people who were involved. And, 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 shit about it. and it wasn't, yeah, and he didn't do anything about it, which it, you know, come to find out it, it wasn't nothing to do with it and just think about it. you're you're in new york and you're walking around like you know all blinged out and somebody's gonna try to rob you dude yeah. they see you rolling up in a nice car i don't care who you are yeah. but it's tough man all right so how about how no i know that was that was crazy that was yeah that was but uh no so i so gilbert if you had to if you had to list your your top five biggie songs top five biggie songs warning no, no particular. I'm trying to think as they're going. Unbelievable. Um, uh, Eric, what are you doing? <laughs> um, hey, ready for this quiz, son? Um, I got a story to tell us up there. Um, Sky's the Limit has always been one of my favorite. That's a great song. Yeah. Um, man, and Juicy, man. I, I, you got to go Juicy. I'm sure I me- I messed up some some of yeah. it. Well, I mean, but, think uh, about think about all the lines that you said. It was all a dream. Yeah. Like just that just that beginning. It was but uh, Eric, you want me to skip your your list? You I'll go many? juicy, the one where there are little kids in the video. Is yeah, that sky's, sky's the, the limit? limit? Yeah. Um the gimme the loot one is is fun because that's just Good. a you know, that's a that's a banger. And Big Papa. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. More money, more problems. That's a good or one. Or is that isn't that Jay Z? No, that's oh, that's ninety nine problems. Yeah, no. no All right, so more. so I mean these these are the songs. Again, I'm I'm only gonna know the the more popular songs. I didn't 
I didn't really get into him as much as I should have, but I want to listen to those songs now, the story song and yeah, I gotta, what was it the wandering? I got a story to tell. Warning, 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 warning. Did you want to listen to a uh, listen oh. to dr- listen to dreams? Dreams, all right. And how about yeah. that iconic photo of him in like the which is a horrible song to bring up, especially on International Women's Day. So what, why dr- what is it about? Dreams. He has dreams of fucking an R and B bitch. And then hey, he's, he's just he's just naming he goes through all those song, all the girls that he would like to hook up with, but they're okay. all famous. But it's a great song. But uh, I'll go give me the loot. Uh, the what? One of my all time first songs. Uh, I got a story to tell. I guess uh, "Sky's the Limit" and "Would You Die for Me" with okay. uh, with Lil, Lil, Kim. Lil Kim. But no, so. Eric, this is going back earlier to this. So this is, so these are just five albums that came out in 94. Like this is how crazy hip hop was in that, you know, like the golden era, the peak of the golden era. So 94, Illmatic came out. Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music came out. Method Man came out with Takao. Beastie Boys, Ill Communication. Red Man came out with an album. The Fugees came out with an album. It was, that year was insane. And then in 97, when Life After Death came out, In My Lifetime came out, uh, Wu-Tang Forever came out, Buster Rhymes came out with uh, When Disaster Strikes, Karis, When I Got Next came out, Rakim came out with the 18th letter. Like, so it, just to show you, those, those few years in hip-hop were insane. I think 94 was just a year for music in general, in across general. all genres. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, Little album called In Utero came out that year too, I think. Yeah. Or was it 93? It might have been 93. I'm not sure. No, no. It wasn't it wasn't it was, nine, it was 94 because you had already graduated. That's a, that's Monster. how I view that's how I view the 90s is when you yeah. guys graduated. Yeah. And left me behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what uh you know what just popped into my mind saying that? Like when you picked me up so we can go to Halloween Horror Nights? Mm-hmm. I had to leave school and wait at a bus stop because all my fucking friends graduated and I'm like stuck in high school. Hey, I'm going to pick you up. <laughs> I had to call. At first, Gilbert had to page me and then I had to call him from a pay phone. But what, you left school early? Yeah. Like to do this? Oh, to go to Halloween God, Horror Nights. You were truant? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We've all truanted. <laughs> but, no, man, it's good times, good times. But look, this is, it, it's, I mean, that the guy, definitely a legend. One of the biggest influences of 90s hip hop, if, if not the big, I can't say the biggest because you still had Nas and Jay-Z, but for a guy that lived such a short period of time and was in the industry for such a short period of time, you know, look at the legacy he's left behind. But So... What what would be your top five, Gilbert? If he said, you had, he said no, it. No, no, you're a Mount Rushmore. Of of uh, of MCs, you mean? Yeah. Or or Biggie songs? No, MCs. We already did Biggie. Oh, MCs. that's what I thought. Okay, I thought you were lost your mind. Uh, so my <laughs> I'm so going are crazy. Doing, are we doing Mount Rushmore or are we doing top five? Because it's four or five. Well, we're adding a face to Mount Rushmore. That okay, we'll add a face. All right, so mine is. The Notorious B.I.G., um, Jay-Z, uh, Nas, which I've talked about, the Holy Trinity, 
Um, <laughs> is, is that what they're called, dude? I call like, them. That. Oh. <laughs> um, the other ones have always have have fluctuated. Fluctuated. I, I got to represent for for Latinos, so I, I've I've always put big pun up there. And then um, hold, on, hold on, let me let me take my Puerto Rican moment here. Right, yeah. Go ahead. yeah. And <laughs> then um, five really fluctuated because you know what? There's been it's gone from Jadakiss, Andre three thousand. Um, who else? Who else have I put up there? Is a but it, oof, I don't know that, that you know what? If I, let's just leave it at the Mount Rushmore, and, and, and it's true for it. And I put those, <laughs> those four guys uh, because honestly, the fit that fit has changed so much. Um, it's, hard. it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, but I love Andre, and I love what they did bringing the South up. Um, the best hip hop duo of all time. Yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm running to see my episodes and say to that, but uh, well, I it, yes, you're right. <laughs> I, but, but but again, so is this thing this thing we're doing here is just single rappers? Like we can't include Run DMC if we thought right? No, no, you would no. have to you would have to put either Run or DMC in it. Oh, yeah. that's that's tough. Yeah, yeah, because they work so well together. But that's why he said Andre three thousand. Look in a ton of lists. Jizza was always a, a, a you know, but, monster, but kind of monster. Run DMC always worked together. Where Andre three thousand and Big Boy did separate stuff after the fact. Uh, you're right, but you know they like they. Exist I'm gonna leave, you know one. what? I'm 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 gonna leave Andre. Gonna uh, leave Andre. <laughs> I'm gonna leave Andre. That's my fifth. Eric, you got a list? I do. I would have to go with Common, Kid Cudi. I'm gonna throw Kanye West. Um, Are you just sticking to Chicago? Or? Oh, really? Are all these guys from Chicago, dude? <laughs> no, Cuddy, no, not from us. Chicago. Oh, no. But um, Common and Kanye, yeah. Yeah. Rakim and KRS One. Nice. Solid. I like it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a solid list, Eric. So, yeah, I have I, my moments. I might um, know no. I don't know much, <laughs> but I know I love you. Yeah, so I I'd, I'd, I'd have to go rock him. No, I, I uh, rock him's always been my favorite my favorite rapper. Um, let's see, Nas of course. Uh, I I I'd have to say Jay Z. Just I mean, I think I never puts out bad music. Um, is eight? That's three. I love slick. how it just got so serious. Slick, you know, like, slick Rick. Oh, Slick Rick, and uh, you know I. But you know that's another guy who really didn't have a large body of work. He's collaborated a lot, though. You know, like <laughs> nah, you no, know, but, but I mean, Prison took a lot of his yeah. his time. Yeah, but but you but know, he was God. Yeah. Late late eighties, man. That guy was was incredible, man. Like, and, and also, I you know when he came, uh, the album that came out. Uh, when he when he got out of jail, that once he, he it was right after Aquemini, uh, the art of storytelling, mm -hmm. super underrated album. That album was fucking fantastic from beginning to end. It was fucking great. And then uh, I don't know, you you know who I think is phenomenal too. Who like and I'm not gonna say underrated because he's a huge podcaster now. And but Taleb Kweli is a great fucking lyricist. Yep. But it, it's hard. Like I I would almost separate it into categories. Like like the best rappers with wordplay, you had to be Eminem. One of the, I mean, work like he's all the shit that he comes up with is fucking amazing. 
you know, then storytelling, you have, you know, big games like Rick we've mentioned, just straight up rapper Rakim. You know, it's, you got to put them in categories. Like, it's hard to put a package of, of one rapper that has, you know, has it all. Like, I think Jay-Z would be one of those guys. You know, he's, he, you know, go is a throwback to 90s hip hop because he was through it. You know, he, the guy, you know, legendary freestyler too. And then incredibly smart with wordplay, you know, so. Oh, you know what? I not, I, th- I just thought to think about freestyling, um, about, about Jay-Z freestyling is um, one of my guys that would jump in and out of my top five was, was always Big L. A- another guy that unfortunately, yep. you know, didn't make. So, you know what? So I pulled up, um, I had pulled up the criteria. Of, so this is, here are the criteria that determines the greatest uh, lyricist or rapper in history. Wordplay and punchline, vocabulary, delivery and flow, intellect, insight and detail, narrative or storytelling, subject range, width and matter, concepts, uh, conversation or dialogue, the illusion or the superstition, like how they put the story together, metaphors and similes, and then body of work catalog or critical acclaim. So well, did we lose Eric? Oh no, that you just described everything that Lil Pump is. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, man. So you you know, like you know, you have those people that that like vocabulary and, and you know delivery and, and, and subject matter, KRS one. like you'd have to pick. I, I would say that's the number one guy when it comes to wordplay punchlines, I would say Eminem. You know, that that's you know there's a there's a lot of guys man uh fabulous Fa- right but jada kiss J- right but who sits on top of that like who's who's if we take if we take a, a huge you know survey right now the majority of people would say him because that's what he's known for i mean like his first album his whole thing was a fucking punch punch yeah so but you're right all those guys were you know especially a lot of those guys that came from the freestyle world you know, they're, they're, that's what they do. Um, so storytelling, we, you know, we've said it a few times already. Uh, concept. The outcast, the, their music's so out of the box. What was that, Eric? Sorry, it's just my <laughs> just camera keeps going in just and out of focus. Yeah, we just got blessed by Eric. <laughs> and then like metaphors and similes, you know, yeah, you know, metaphorically, Jay-Z comes up with a lot of crazy shit. Like, you, you got to pay attention and say, oh, shit, you know, there's a double meaning to this or, you know. I think but, a lot of rappers lately, too, like later, like, God, I, and I might get crucified for this, but by all our listeners, like Drake, that they were just kind of lazy with that. No, that they Drake, Drake thing, when, this it's and it's like, oh, sunglasses, like, shit, we get it, bro. You're missing the whole point of what a pun really is. <laughs> when they started throwing stuff out, you know, like they don't give their, they don't think their, their audience is smart enough to recognize it. So they have to explain the rap, which I think right. is kind of like, well, that's, that's weak, dude. Let, let, like, give that, like, give your audience the benefit of the doubt. Right. Or, or give them something to think about. Right. Which is one of the criteria you don't like, like, you know, what like, does it say? Uh, yeah. Make it conversation and dialogue. Like the fact that we'll, t- like, you know, we're talking about, I got a story to tell. We brought it up a few times. It's, the guy gave us a song that becomes a conversation, you know, but um, 
damn it, I forgot what I was going to say. So, uh, was it, I think recently, Scarface, uh, was it Scarface? That he just, you know, he battered all these rappers for being lazy writers. And I mean, you hear it, I, I mean, or you see it in articles, how they get, oh, we don't need to do 16 bars. We'll do eight. We'll do, you know, it's the rappers of the 90s and early 2000s. They constantly target the new rappers and saying, you guys are lazy when it comes to that. I just but think I it's, think a, I think it's just a different style that of hip-hop. On an, in an earlier show that it's just that production is so fast now. Yeah. And just turn around. Like, they're, they got to do stuff to stay relevant. So it's like, do I waste my best stuff here? You know, right. and they're just, everything is just about mass now, like a yeah. quantity, right? Yeah. But, but I, I think, is, it, is, it, is, is that why the art is suffering? Or is it just that, you know, are the artists lazy? Is there lack of talent? Or it's just that they have to, they have to make so much just to stay it. Stay. I think I think that's part of I think it's part of it, and, and it's, it's also just what what how music is now. So, uh, you know, like before, you know, even like six years ago, seven years ago, it would be you know every rap song would have three verses in it. Now it's the the songs are like two minutes long. You get like a hook in the beginning, then a verse, and then a hook again, and then the, that's it. The song's done. Yeah. I, so I, it's just the structure in music is is very um, you know, it's it's it's. It's just the way it is right now, and it's. I don't know if it's just lazy. It's just what what the trend is now. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I, and look, I. You know, I'm not gonna say I'm a purist or whatever. I just like music, but I, I like what hip hop was because. It's telling you a story. It's giving you an insight to you know a culture, and. I don't think what what exists now. I, it's it's not hip hop. It's I'm not insulting, and I'm just saying it's its own genre. You know, it's its own thing because it's it's not what hip hop was. Yeah, it's more melodic now, and yeah, you know, like everybody sounds depressed. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like the emo of hip hop. Yeah, but sure. all right, can, so, we, can we talk about some new music? Yeah, dude, drop it on. Woo! All right, so listen, um, I think it was last week. Um, uh, Bruno Mars um, and Anderson Pac came out and said that they um, are worked on an album while they were in quarantine. Um, mm-hmm. I was super excited. Um, the group's called Silk Sonic, um, and they had announced that they were going to do a that the song was um, coming out, uh, and it came out on Friday. Um, and um, it was something that I didn't expect. Um, the song's called "Leave the Door Open," and it's like a, a complete throwback to like 1970s Motown sounding. Um, but just it's a, just like an incredible piece of. Of music man it is it sounds so good um bruno mars uh, people are you know uh you know he's a huge pop star obviously talented as fuck god he's so good he's, he's so, so good um you know he produced this thing and everything with him sounds very slick and 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 you know but it's i mean the songs I mean, i'm very excited i was i was excited because those two artists particularly bruno and and anderson pock are immensely talented musicians period mm-hmm. um so uh, um and they uh to know that that boost uh, bootsy collins is you know quote unquote hosting the the Boosie. album yeah so um uh, you know you know it's gonna be you know it's gonna be awesome so i'm very ex- excited to see what else comes from there i was surprised i thought it was gonna be more of like a up t- you know like a 24 karat kind of upbeat kind of thing and what they gave me i was like whoa it's amazing i was kind of bummed out because i want to I-, I wanted something for the club you know, the DJ side of me was um, was very selfish on that. But what I got, I, I be, I've been listening to that song literally all weekend. It's amazing. Um, 
the video's cool. You know, it's kind of like, a, it's got that, like the throwback studio vibes and it's just good, man. It's just good, really good music. Really you know good what? music. Listening to it, you know what it felt? It felt like 90s R&B mm-hmm. over Motown musicians. And, yeah. and, and, the style, and with like right and with the with the with the the harmonies and all yes. that stuff of the yeah. 70s it's I mean, but it's really really good <laughs> it's yeah. the song's yeah. incredible um I'm, I'm like i said i'm really excited to see to hear what these guys came up with because of how great uh musicians and talented they are it's going to be pretty pretty amazing man uh, I'm, I'm excited because you know i'm all about the old school baby yeah exactly <laughs> but, um, uh, and, then, and then uh uh we also had uh the aforementioned drake decided to drop um, an EP of uh, three three songs um, called The Scary Hours 2. So before he came out with um, Scorpion, he did Scary Hours, the original one, and we he did the same thing. He dropped three three records. It was God's Plan. I forgot the other ones. Isn't he already getting in trouble for something on, on, his, on the new shit? Is he? I, I don't know. Drake. I think I, maybe it was clickbait, but uh, yeah. I, did, um, I didn't read it. I, 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 listen, I, I'm, I'm a fan of I think Drake is in, incredible, and uh, he's I, one of Eric's people, favorite songs. Yeah, I, 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 I think a lot of people shit on him when he's when he's done the singing because they they love when he's just rapping because he's incredible at it, you know. Um, and he he didn't he didn't disappoint that that Lemon Pepper freestyle song with him and Rick Ross is just Drake at his most Drakeiest. <laughs> it is so good. I hope that's um, not your word of the day. Yeah, no, it's not my drinkiest is not my work of the day. But he 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 goes on there and he absolutely kills it. Um the the he has uh, the other song features uh Little Baby on it, who I, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I mean I know he's you know, um I, I know you said the article complex uh rapping every greatest rapper of every year mm-hmm. listing and little yeah. baby was the rapper of the year 2020. Obviously, not really my you know, it's more of a new thing, but there's no denying the kid could could rap. He's really good. Um and then he and then Drake had the one song, which is the one that he shot the video for, what's called What's Next. And it's, you know, just regular Drake stuff. But I was actually pretty excited about the about the EP and and I thought it, I thought they were good. I thought it was good. I thought it was yeah, I was excited about the Bruno Mars thing because that motherfucker's talented as shit. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a fucking entertainer. The guy could sing, he could dance, like mm-hmm. he's super charismatic. Any other new music? And coming out of nowhere with stuff that's totally not related, I do yeah. not want fuck. Oh wait, <laughs> like after, I, hold after... on before you continue. No, no, no. This could, is could, this is new we, music. I know. I just oh. could. Could we all be happy that Eric survived tuberculosis? Uh, the tuberculosis. tuberculosis. No, dude, I died. I got shot. <laughs> I got shot, man. I, I had this whole battle with Micah, man. We had it out, but I saved John Marston and his family. Good and... job, man. Yeah, and then John Marston came back and avenged me. Hey, if tuberculosis doesn't kill you, a bullet will. Oh, though. man, tuberculosis. They killed my horse. They shot my horse. The fucking <laughs> thing. God damn it. I, I, it's crazy, man. I, I hate video games. <laughs> Rest in peace to Eric. But Ford. yeah, what a great game. Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm playing the original one now that it's... The graphics are horrible. It's nowhere near that. But I got to finish the story of John Marston now. Because <laughs> it was a prequel to this one. The, the newer one was a prequel. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I did have a song that I like. It, it's been my my song of the week. This happens to me sometimes. Like I, I just get stung, stuck on a song and I saw it in a movie. It was called The Map of, uh, I heard it in a movie, The uh, the Map of Tiny Things. And it's Drugstore Romeos. The song is called Frame of Reference. It has a very uh, New Order feel. 
um, with uh, a woman lead singer, but they, they look like kids, man. I shouldn't even say woman. They got to be at least like 16 or 17 the way they look. We're fucking and old is what it is. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it's got that New Order feel, just very, very laid back and, and you know, very synthy, I guess is the best way to put mm-hmm. it. I, it's, it's what I go to and, I and also, and danceable. Everybody, you know, I don't think it's going to become a... Uh, a, a mainstream hit, but it's just a fun little song that I've been stuck on this week. Well, that's the idea of doing this part. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just bringing new music. It doesn't have to be the genre that we're talking about. The idea is that we, we talk about new music. All right. So anybody know the new songs? That's it. All right. So these are just some of the things that, that popped up uh, last week. And so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a venue and it will have it will be live. It won't be virtual, like because that was one of the saddest things. Talk. Is there a fucking spaceship outside your house, Eric? What the hell, man! <laughs> so Eric's been abducted. So we'll continue, mm-hmm. Gilbert. Yeah. So um, oddly enough, that this came out after we just finished talking about uh, about Biggie, but goes to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and and you know, unfortunately, it's fucking virtual. You know, mm-hmm. so but now. For the 2021 induction, uh, it'll be held at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse instead of the its its original venue. But at least this year will or 2021 will see a Hall of Fame induction, and I That's believe cool. it's going to be October 30th. Um, Hello, Cool J over Jay Z any day. I, you know, <laughs> Gilbert's going to be all right, bro. <laughs> But no, Tina Turner. It's not. It's International Women's Day today. Tina Turner. She's already there. But let her go again. She fucking deserves it. (laughs) I know. So sad news. uh, Bunny Isaac, one of the co-founders of uh, the Whalers, Whalers passed away. The last of the Whalers uh, passed away. But wasn't that outlawed already? I guess the Japanese are still doing it, right? Like Christ, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) So um, and then. Maybe I should have gotten a little bit more information on this, but did you guys know that the real world is back? The original yep. one? The original yes. Cast? Yeah. I'm stoked. What is it, 30 years? It's on Paramount Plus, though. Yeah. So it's another service you have to buy. Okay. So I'm, we're not, I'm, we're I'm, over these, I'm over these goddamn services. Yeah. You really care what uh, Norm and Eric, I, I do care what Eric Nice is but you saw, right No, but you know, did you hear that he's he's going to be in a separate Yeah, apartment. what's going on? Do you know why that's happening? I don't know, because COVID too cool. I don't they're, know. They're bringing, they're bringing back the grind. What, what I yeah. did hear that he he was actually um, in the running for Batman Forever. Could to you play, imagine um, Batman? Oh, yeah. shit. Not even to play yeah. Robin? No, I think yeah. it was for Batman that he was he was he was he was in the running. That would have been weird. Fuck yeah. But but I love it. Like it's it's like everybody get back together and and no matter what, we're always gonna regress. Like when we get we get with a group of friends, For everybody's sure. still a racist and yeah. <laughs> like I, I really do care what Heather I wanna know what Heather B's been up to. I've always I was always a fan of she, her. She's I, on I saw Sway. her recently. Yeah, she's on Oh Sway. really? Yeah. She she had did she ever get a Sway. rap career? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Did she ever have a what? A rap career. Because well, that's just, what she just started for Boogie, on. Just for Boogie Down Productions. Uh, she did release some shit by herself, but... But she wasn't a drug dealer. 
Right. No, no. She was. No, remember the beeper thing that the Julie. Yeah. The, oh, right. You have a beeper? Are you a drug dealer? Look how naive people were back then. And then Kevin, he was a writer for the Source, right? The was, was that uh, his name, oh, Kevin? I don't know about Kevin Powell. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's like a journalist activist and. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he's he's a very well known. Right, right. Yeah, he's yeah. he's very accomplished. What I want to find out is the musician that you barely saw on the show. He's there. He's got a bunch of gray hair. Yeah. Oh, is that gray? I thought he dyed it blonde. No, no. I think he has a bunch of gray hair. But it's long and beautiful. You got to realize, dude, that was 30 years ago. Right? We're fucking old. But... And uh, it was so groundbreaking. Yeah, back then. And, and I'm sure you watched those original episodes now. They're fucking boring. I'm sure. But... But what else? What else do we got? Um, online such voyeurs, man. We, yeah. I swear to God, we are. We want to just see people be nasty to each other and well, I mean, shit to each other and yeah, gossip. And we love train wrecks. God man. bless. So, and I'm not speaking for you know. I'm speaking for everybody else because I I'm I'm above that for sure. <laughs> for like totally. Totes, totes. <laughs> you know, totes. <laughs> All right, guys. This. <laughs> This was a fun one. This was, uh, I mean, we got to talk about a, a you know, a hip hop icon and well deserved. And, you know, uh, it's a better way to, it's better to celebrate his life than to mourn his death. But um, that's another, that was another, another thing which I remember when it happened was the, when, when they were driving his, his, the hearse through Brooklyn and it was just they chaos. Showed it, people they showed outside. it on, on BT and on MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that happening. And and, it, and just like everybody outside, on top of like the, the the street lights, and just like everybody came, all of Brooklyn came out to to um to see him. It's it was pretty cool. Yeah, this was I, cool. I like it because and and this was a little different because even when we did the Kanye show, it was about his music, and you know this this was primarily focused on him. And yeah, yeah. I I, I like I told Carlos, man. I I, I think I would have hung out with. With Biggie, except for the except crack. for the crack thing, <laughs> I, I, I'm not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I I couldn't do it, bro. <laughs> couldn't yeah. do it. But he he just looked like a a very I don't know. He looked he looked welcoming. Yeah, like I, I think I would have hung out with him and cracked jokes all day. Yeah. Give him like crack jokes. I want a crack jokes. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to give him a hug. He looks huggable. Yeah, but I. I guess money does that to you. Did you see how? I mean, he was always a big kid, but he he was like four, almost four hundred pounds when he passed. No, oh, he got he bigger after he got pounds. famous. Yeah, because you watch shit. videos like, and luckily that guy documented that whole shit from almost the beginning of his career. Well, yeah. I think he was pretty much responsible for all of Biggie's career. The way he he positioned himself in the documentary. Well, you know that, that I was telling you that they didn't talk about him on the. Uh, on the they didn't talk about that part in the in the documentary but he took a gun charge for biggie and he went to jail oh oh they both they both doc uh, uh no no damien no. butler d-rock 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 yeah, yeah. damien yeah oh damien. he did yeah yeah okay i, I take everything i they said both, back they both so you got, did care for him they both got busted and he he's the one that took the charge so that oh, biggie wow. could stay out of jail yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. but then he turned yeah. hey dude you got the money you better fucking bail me out shit but no, D-Rock used to be Little Kim's girlfriend or boyfriend. Sorry. Boyfriend. Hey, man. You know what? It was a close group of friends, and yeah, man. I I was telling Gilbert it, it was clearly like it, it was built to you know to to memorialize the guy and, and not that. But I was I was so hoping that they got into the Little Kim Faith Evans triangle, but they didn't. 
But we're celebrating his life here too. Let's not talk about the bullshit. Uh, wasn't Tupac involved in that? Didn't Tupac say he had sex with Faith Evans too? With Faith, yeah. yeah. Yep. Like there was just some crazy shit. Get one Pac, Tupac. Yep. Did you just <laughs> ate, did you just fucking eight mile us right now? No, no, that's a song. That's a Tupac song. Uh, no, no, no. Tupac. Yeah, no, 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 that was Biggie. Did I make this up? That was Biggie. That was Biggie. That was Biggie. And and then Eminem dropped the same shit on 8 Mile. Oh, for real? Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like there was a little correlation. You know, I feel like, um, what was the guy with the dreads? Mikel Pfeiffer was the D-Rock of, no, he was the only to, 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 um, to, to Biggie, that his friend that passed away. He had the Honda Accord. I, I got so happy when they brought out the Honda Accord. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that's my first car too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was sad, dude. It's just like, wow, man, what a, just that life, man. I, I, you know, and I have friends tell me stories about New York and during that time. And it's like, I would have never made it, dude. Mm-hmm. It just seemed very rough. Run your kicks. Right. Like they would tell me, if somebody, if somebody would come up to you on the subway, run your kicks. You just lost your sneakers. <laughs> and it's like so, minus 10 outside you gotta let, walk home <laughs> let me tell let me tell you I, I, two things and, and then we'll we'll knock it out so when i the last place i lived in new york was in upstate in utica which is a shitty town i actually thought parts of upstate new york were much harder than new york city and though i'll never forget i used to meet this guy dana to play basketball almost every day I get there and he was a badass basketball player. So it was cool that, you know, that him and I got along. Plus everybody knew my dad because he was, you know, the pastor and whatever. But he, I get there one day and he's not there. But there's some other dude there shooting around. So I said, oh, you know, everybody, you want to, you know, you want to play? We're playing and these two guys, one punches the dude in the back of the head, then picks him up. They take his shoes. And leave them there. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I like, th- like it was like in a blink of an eye. Like, I'm like, oh, this guy, poor guy, just got rubber shoes. Oh my god, I would have started crying. I, I was just, I saw that yeah, happen. Yeah, I was just. I was like, oh my god, qué susto. <laughs> and so, I also in the middle of this, I, I had to. I'll quickly share the story. Totally not related to Biggie, but. So Gilbert, I told somebody the goat story today, the promoting goat, mm-hmm. the games. So they just sent me a video of a goat and it says, this is for Gilbert. So, <laughs> so yeah, this, when we were in college, a goat got into a backyard and, and, you know, we were terrified of it. I think it almost killed Gilbert, but it actually sneezed on his hand. Yeah. But we'll leave the story for another episode. That's, that's how you saw it. That, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> yeah. Did you, so. I, ha- I heard him hissing at me. It was more terrifying from your point of view. <laughs> yeah, but that, that what, shit was like the goat and the witch. He's like, like Gilbert, mind you, mind you, yeah, exactly. The mind you. That two girls were petting it before that happened. Oh no, my god! Mind you, that there was two big, grown ass men be, be on the other side of a glass sliding door because they were too scared to go out there. Three and then three, yeah, yeah. But that shit charged at us. Yeah, okay. It scared the shit out of Mars. And it didn't sneeze. It hissed at me. It didn't hiss. <laughs> and then it started eating flyers to the club. Oh yep. <laughs> Fucking Gainesville, bro. Oh, <laughs> boy. All right, guys. Anything else before we cut it out? Um, I actually need a promoting goat. 
because uh, I got the Lover's Rock party. This oh, that's right, dude. <laughs> Make your fucking announcement. Um, yeah, man. So, um, well, I mean, we've made the announcement before, but um, uh, officially. Now no, it's coming. Yeah, it's, it's, here. it's here. It's here. Saturday, March 13th, first Lover's Rock party, sponsored by Eleven Vodka um, at the Hilton Beach Fort Lauderdale Resort. So if you're in South Florida and you want to have some good times, come and, uh, come and hang with me. All right, hold on. What's what's the event called again? Spring. Lovers Rock. <laughs> yes, sir. But uh, yeah, dude, it's uh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It's been a lot of work, but uh, right, I don't know. Um, I don't. Could you please tell me what Eric's saying? I don't know what to say. I think he's saying something about spring. You know, I was trying to beat James Franco in spring break. Oh, okay. no, it's spring. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of work, but. Cool, man. Cool and this is your official party. Let's. Yeah. This is yeah. his. This is this is a defunct production. I have I have I have somehow managed to get corporate sponsors to come and join in my shenanigans. There's gonna so. be fireworks and everything. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Speaking of spon- corporate sponsors, shout out to Apex. Oh yeah, Apex. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man, that's awesome, dude. We're proud of you. We're excited. Yes, sir. Yeah. That means that means he officially won't fucking twitch anymore, Eric. I know, but whatever. Okay. I always we got caper. I was about to say we have caper. <laughs> that. That's I. I hope one day we get to the point where we could bring her on. <laughs> but DM her. She's from Brooklyn too. Yeah. Hi, she's a Brooklyn, but I think she's from fancy Brooklyn. She's, she's yeah, from, well, yeah, I think all of I think all from, of Brooklyn is fancy. Yeah, <laughs> she's from Brooklyn. She's from now Brooklyn. Uh, oh. That really, that whole area of Brooklyn's all. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I think they call it gentrification. Is yeah. I think is what they oh. call it. Man- <laughs> Manhattan One B. Yeah. Right, because that's the closest borough to the city, right? It's that's like right across, right, next the to it. Yeah. right above it, right? Or yeah. is it? Uh, I think Brooklyn's yeah. or like, Manhattan's above, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, right across the bridge. Crazy. I don't know New York. Yeah, but uh, right. Eric, you got anything? Nope. Just want to thank everybody for continuing to listen to us, and and thank you. Thank you very much, man. We all love you. This was definitely a fun one. Gilbert, you already said your piece. Baby, baby. Baby, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. All right, guys. Peace.